Hi everyone, it's Susan. I'm going to talk about LIC session 14. I can't believe it. That'll be next week. And the focus of the session will be the GI exam and also a panel patient check-in. So um, it's just me again today. <laughs> I know it's pretty boring, um, but we'll get right to it. The disclaimer, the views and opinions of, of me, <laughs> they're my own. They in no way reflect the views and opinions of the TCU and UNT Health Science Center School of Medicine. So here are the session objectives for next week. Number one, demonstrate the ability to perform an exam of the GI system. Number two, discuss review systems for GI concerns with a focus on red flag symptoms for heartburn or dyspepsia. Number three, Explain to the preceptor and document per site protocol, a problem-focused history, objective findings with an emphasis on abdominal exam, assessment and plan for at least one patient in clinic. I'll, tell, I'll pause there. I received some feedback from students and I don't know if this is also some of your thoughts, but these objectives, they are suggestions. I understand that out there, I have no way of controlling what kinds of patients your students see as, as you know pretty much you don't either i guess unless you're specializing but but i think um i these are these are hopes and dreams like th this i hope that you'll be able to do a gastrointestinal exam with students now they've done it in clinical skills now they can finally in terms of you know the the, the big goal of being able to do a, a basic physical exam well this is a big milestone doing a gastrointestinal exam but I've received some feedback from students like, you know, you can't force us to do this exam with our preceptors and whoa, by no means am I forcing anybody to do anything or I, I hope you don't feel compelled to do these things. But hopefully, um, you know, the reason why I suggest these objectives, these focus for the session is because a student at some point in the recent future or in the recent past, my bad, has 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 had some exposure to this system in clinical skills. I'd say this year um, there was some, was not totally in sync with what they were doing in their basic science, AKA MHD, AKA mechanisms of, mechanisms of health and disease. I think there were some things that the clinical skills team chose to introduce before they got to it in mechanisms of health and disease, for instance, like a musculoskeletal stuff. Um, but in general, the students have have experienced the things before they they see it with you. So, um, uh, if you don't get to it, or if no patient pro provides the opportunity to do a GI exam, oh, okay. Hopefully, you're using skills eval to keep track of those skills. I know um, students just really didn't take to skills eval this year. I think it's kind of one of the problems with starting off late and starting off virtually. Um, and also not really having the app available right away. But I think the beauty of Skills Eval is that it allows a student to self-assess on these skills. It allows you to um, frequently assess students, um, hopefully you know, using direct observation and rating using entrustment skills. And then um, the app provides the ability to, to do some back and forth between you and the learner. So you know, you could assess them at needs improvement and they could self-assess this. I'm great. I can do a derm exam. I don't need you. Um, and so I think hopefully, you know, that would prompt some discussion. So 
Um, you know, this is all iterative and I'm, I'm hopeful for next year that there will be more of a synchronization. Uh, you know, everybody's on the same sheet of music. I think of skills eval as more preceptor focused. It is an assessment tool. It's now our formal assessment tool. Um, if the preceptor, you, if you don't engage with it, then I gotta, you know, chase you around and put a form in front of your face and ask you to arbitrarily mark where you think the students have. If you um, engage with skills eval, then, you know, this implies you've had a lot of direct observation for um, some of these big competencies, these EPOs. And so, you know, a lot of hits in, in gathering a history, a lot of hits in doing a physical exam. And so hopefully, I think there's a ro more robust evidence for the rating. And that, that's kind of the idea behind this. So um, again, I just want to say, I'm, I'm not forcing anybody to do anything <laughs> if, uh, but, but hopefully, you know, if long ago when it was the derm focused session and there just wasn't that patient with a great skin finding or skin thing to check out, well, hopefully, you know, you tabled it, but are returning to it so you can talk about it. Um, again, this was a shortened year and next year we'll have more time and I'm going to declutter the objectives, of course, and, you know, less is more. I've, I've learned all those lessons, you know, but I think um, so far this two years, two very different courses. Thank you so much for all those who have hung in there with me. And I, I guess I'll stop responding to um, one student's feedback, but I'm not forcing you to anything. You do what you can do. I respect the wilderness that is out there in clinic. And again, I'm very appreciative for all that you do to help shape and grow and develop um, these students. So that that whole um, number three, explain to the preceptor and document, that's all about um organizing and presenting information in both written and oral formats it's a primary objective for this year so it'll still be there next year writing and presenting presenting and writing because it reflects how they organize all of this stuff okay so finally number four um, explain to the preceptor your experience following your panel patient to a setting other than clinic how are you able to help the encounter what went well what could improve you know it'd be just nice to have this panel discussion, how's it going panel? For some pairs, preceptor, student, I think this discussion is probably happening more frequently and is feeling more comfortable or natural. I think with other pairs, it still feels kind of foreign. What, why does a student have to have a panel be? You know, and I, I just hope that um, if, it, if it didn't really take off this year, um, and, and the students are going to wig out. I mean, they're going to be some students who follow their patients like I saw them at the cardiologist's office and then I went to their cystoscopy. I mean, they're going to be people like that. And then they're going to be people like, well, I just couldn't. And then you're going to fill in the blank. Why? Um, and, and, and there's room for all of that. You know, I, I just hope there are some discussions around why does continuity matter? Why does continuity matter for a student? You know, I think, again, like I've said a lot, it can be so easy for somebody just to float through all of these clinical experiences to do your time, to do your time in the course, to do your time in medical school, frankly. There are some people who can just float through and then they get out of this four-year experience just with time in the chair. But what can they really do? You know, and I, so it's, it, it can all be so passive, you know, and maybe you got a really great test taker, a fast processor who, who, you know, like me, I feel like multiple choice tests are just a game. They really don't reflect how I do patient care. If I applied the skills that I use to take tests, because I'm a pretty good test taker. If I applied those skills to patient care, I wouldn't be a very good doctor because in a test, I see my choice 
choices. I think if I don't know the answer, I think what's the most likely one. If I can't really get it, I move on. Who cares? Nobody's dying because of this test answer. But, you know, in clinic, if I don't know the answer, I can't really guess. You know, I got to slow down. My fast processing tendencies, They gotta. I got to override those. I got to go look it up. I got to go ask someone. And so, you know, what make, make me a great test taker may not make me a good clinician. And so I think that, you know, there can be some students who are just passively floating through and, and, and we don't want that. This is me. This is my personal soapbox. But I want someone to engage. And I think, where can you really engage when they start to take ownership for a patient? That's not just Dr. So and Dr. Witten's clinic. Dr. Witten is doing all those things. I, I want them to start to feel like, well, how can I impact the care of Mr. X? You know, I, I'm a part of the team here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to that cardiologist visit and let that cardiologist know, no, this was the clinical question. This is why, you know, my preceptor um, asked um, for this patient to be seen by you, um, things like that. So um, that's my soapbox for for continuity. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep standing on it. And I'm probably gonna keep saying it, but um, but um, that I, I really do believe in that 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 foundational tenet of LAC, which is you know continuity of relationships with you, mentoring preceptors, continuity of relationships with patients, um, and then finally you know meeting various kind of clinical um, objectives across di disciplines over time. Woo! So that's that about the session next week. Fun stuff. Um, in the email, it's pretty, pretty basic uh, pre-work, just all about, you know, how to do a GI exam. Not very exciting. Um, and then, you know, uh, I think maybe might, now might be a good time if you want to tune me out because I'm not really talking about next week anymore, but just phase three. It was great to see um, some of you at our check-in. Um, Whitney led a nice IM combined FM check-in and we talked like, um, you know, just, just kind of a, a bit of info putting out um, was happening there. Um, if I, you know, I think there are a lot of questions about phase three. I think students still don't get phase three, especially your students. Phase one students absolutely don't get phase three. And maybe I don't even get phase three. So, you know, when I um, first signed up for this gig, I thought, how cool, you know, I could have a student in phase one, they'll be with me for a year. And but you know, the pandemic kind of put a kibosh on that. But anyway, they'll be with for a year and first year. And you know, and then they'll move on to their clerkship for me FM. And then and then phase three would be kind of like that victory lap kind of experience. It's not a whole year um, in LAC. It's just three and a half months. Um, and, you know, it was sort of, I thought the, the concept was just to continue with that continuity, um, to really, um, the student to have a more autonomy, um, to have, um, you know, to maybe be able to hand off to the junior um, or earlier clinical learner so they could potentially, there could be some peer teaching going on between that phase three student who's been through it and now this new first year, you know, I could see them coming to the clinic with me. Personally, I don't really dig it when I have more than one student with me in a session. Like I, I heard someone talk about how, oh yeah, I could have four students, but I can't do that. You know, it's, 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 I feel like it is challenging. It's challenging to manage the student experience. I'm also, I, well, at least I feel kind of responsible for the student experience. We could talk a lot about whether or not I really am totally responsible for the student experience. Cause come on guys, 
they they also have to have some skin in the game about their experience. I, I really do feel it's not all kind of us handing it to them. Here, look at this great thing. But they have to engage. They have to kind of come to the table knowing what they want to learn, what they want to get out of it. Because they're grown ups, they should be preparing when they come out to here. Because I nothing really peeves me more than the students saying my preceptor didn't know what was going on. And you know what? I'm not mad at you preceptors. You have other things to do besides focus on their curriculum. Do you know who I'm mad at? I kind of get annoyed at the student for saying kind of, it's like very, that's like a, that's like a old school, you know, passive move. Well, somebody didn't make it nice for me. You know, no, no, that might've worked. I don't know. I, I, my, my girls are in kindergarten. I don't really take that from them. You know, you have to, own kind of what you want to get out of this experience. So I, I'm going to be talking with them next week. I'm going to try to tone it down and not be so like, dude, this really ticks me off. But but um, I don't expect you to be all in the weeds about what they what they have to do. That's that grown up student who's coming to your office. They should know what the focus of the session is. They should prepare. You know, I'm getting less and less tolerant of of them saying, no, the preceptor doesn't know. No, you know, you guys know. I mean, you guys do it every day, all that stuff. But really, the ball's in your court, student, for what you want to get out of the, the experience. So anyway, ranting and raving, phase three, I thought that it just, you know, that it would just be a given for those preceptors who could accommodate the student that the student would then continue for that victory lap kind of three and a half month experience. But, you know, we kind of got foiled by one, it's a pretty heavy lift to ask our I am an FM cohort to um, have, you know, uh, one student across three phases and then, oh, by the way, I'm bugging you. Hey, do you mind? Can you take another one? Can you take another one? And so, um, you know, looking at the writing on the wall, we're, we're still, you know, trying, there's still a bit of a preceptor deficit, you know, we have no bench. I tell you right now, I am I am the preceptor for three students because uh, life happens, and a couple couple preceptors, you know, for various reasons, were not able to continue. Both these students are happen to have preceptors in my system, so they were credentialed, and you know, we got four sessions left or something like that. So I so you know, I am the preceptor of default for you know for those students, but I, I have no real bench. You know, I don't I can't easily pivot when some when life happens for people. And so um, they decided they, <laughs> I was, I was asked who's they, but they being, I guess the curricular leadership, the LIC leadership, they looked at the preceptor deficit. And so they decided, well, uh, the phase three experience, the initial vision was that it was going to be your IM or FM continuity person plus another one. So, cause in phase two, many of you know, they're also hanging out with surgeons and OBGYNs and neurologists and psychiatrists pediatricians. So um, that that was the original was uh, the primary care continuity person and somebody else. But because of the preceptor deficit, they gave the students um, the, the choice. So they rank ordered who they'd want to hang out with for three and a half more months. And so they came up with the top two. So so I think the 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 top two or maybe even one. See, I don't even totally know what it looks like. Um, so that's who they're going to do phase three with. And so only uh, 14 students out of the cohort of 61 um, requested to continue with IM or FM. And, and you know, of that cohort, I, um, uh, I think 
there's a good number that opted out, like maybe six preceptors just couldn't accommodate the phase three person. So really it's eight, eight people, you know, who are going to live that community dream and the rest are not. And I don't, I don't, I don't know, you know, I feel there are some preceptors who expected it, you know, and it didn't happen. So, and are disappointed. And I, I guess, uh, of course, you know, my love is, is primary care and being in the community. Um, that's, that's, that's my, that's my clinical love. And, and so, you know, it does kind of hurt when you um, hear through the grapevine that, you know, these students want to be surgeons or ER doctors, <laughs> good on you, but, um, and, 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 you know, want to go uh, do that phase three victory lap with them. So, um, so I guess the moral story for me is that, you know, I'm trying not to take it personally. I, I do feel it is, it is kind of a relief for, in terms of the preceptor burden, like, cause, cause we, you know, the train keeps rolling um, in August, the new phase one LIC will start and we're just going to do this party all over again, um, but hopefully improved. So, so speaking of party, if you are, um, if you can stand it and are coming back to precept again in phase one, which I, I really hope um, you do, I need you. And, and listen, no problem if you've moved on just kind of going with your phase two student um, into their clerkship. That's great too. Um, I dig it. I understand. But, but then come back to phase one, please. Cause I, I think to me, that's the ultimate nice rotation. You pick up a student phase one, you get on the train one, two, hopefully three, and then you get off the train and pick up another student. And so it's not too much of, of, a, of a burden. Um, and then, you know, and then there are some, pre everybody's different. So there are some preceptors that they want like lots of students. They have students from all over the place. And, you know, and some preceptors who say, okay, you know, well, one, one's good for me. So I get it. And, and bottom line, I am thankful. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for a lot of things this year. It's been, it's been one heck of a year, uh, right? One heck of a year. I have so much to be grateful for. It's also been one very hard year. I mean, I'll just you know, say my dad died this year and um, not too long ago, really, maybe, what are we looking at now? Like five months ago, my dad died and still the train keeps rolling. And so I feel still through this pandemic, very lucky. My dad lived a long life. Um, you know, we saw him decline through dementia and, um, and it was very hard. Um, but here we are now and and I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for that. So, so anyway, I thank you preceptors for listening to me, hearing me rant about unprepared students um, and hanging in there with me with this um, curriculum where we're, where we're trying to do good things. You know, hopefully uh, you have a student who's much better prepared for a life in medicine than, than maybe a lot of us were. Um, okay, I think that's enough. I will, um, I will talk to you again, probably in a couple weeks. I think, uh, the next plan session after next week will be the week of the 21st of June. And, um, in July, we're hoping to plan some sort of get together, which would be great to actually sit down and talk. I don't know. Mostly it would be just nice to sit down and talk. How's it going? You know, to hear your stories, you know, um, I think that's, a big part for this for me is, is to feel very disconnected from a lot of things, um, a lot of people. So it's been nice. I Lately, I've been doing some site visits, meeting some new preceptors, and I've really enjoyed that. It's been good to get out there. Today, I went down to Alvarado. That was nice. Um, and so, 
If you have any questions, any feedback for me, if you don't want to hear about my life, tell me, hey, just stick to the business. That's fine. But I'm a person too. (laughs) And it's been sort of hard this year. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. And I'll see you or talk to you next time. Bye.